welcome to Wrestling with the Angels, a podcast that hopes to encourage you as we limp along this life together. My name is Zach, and I'm here with my good friends and co-hosts, Clint and Virtual Angie. <laughs> Cue that song, <laughs> the boys are back in town. Yeah. We're all back. <laughs> and uh, today we're talking about um, the interplay of faith, certainty, and doubt. Um, I don't think we've got a episode title yet. Well, we might. We'll see how it goes. But this was an idea that uh, Clint had suggested. I, I wanted to, him to talk about the sort of mindset he was in when he came up with it. Yeah, so uh, I was going through my devotional reading um, this week. and Day 60, I, going on day 400. Well, actually, this was, <laughs> this was the devotional content that comes with our Sunday school lesson. Uh-huh. So it's not even really tied to uh, my yearly Bible reading, although some of that setting is the same. But um, anyway, I was reading about the uh, the Israelites being led by the pillar of fire by by night and the pillar of cloud by day um, as they were leaving Egypt, and it really just got me thinking about how so oftentimes I'm jealous of them because they had this like physical and tangible. Um, reality of God, like this, this, uh, something they could see something they smell, you know, they can sense it. Whereas today as believers, we have the Holy spirit, but it's not like we can't see the Holy spirit. Yeah. And you would say that, you know, we have the bread and wine, we have the waters of, yeah, we have tangible things like what I said, but it's not quite the, it's not, not it doesn't doesn't read the same, right? Yeah, that's just, ultimately, even though I believe it's the body and blood of Jesus um, in some real spiritual sense, I can't, it's not God himself. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's a means. Whereas not, and the pillar. Well, and it's not floating before you to present <laughs> itself to you. Yeah, and I don't have the, the, I don't have the audible voice of God telling me, go and do this. Yeah. Or, you know, this is the will of God. Go do it. Where, yeah, the bread and wine, it takes faith. To yeah, believe that absolutely. that's because on the outside looking in, you know, the, the person next to you may not have the same belief, but like right. a pillar of fire leading yeah, you through the undeniable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Right. And so I guess, you know, we were talking about this in the group chat, and um, it really has broader implications to our faith of that desire and that longing for something certain. Yeah. Um, the, the longing for. It to be right before me in the mm-hmm. same way, this pillar of fire, Just lay it all out there, right? Yeah, and so I know for me, <clears throat> I, whenever I experience doubt, what that longing for certainty ends up having me demonize doubt in some ways, yeah, or just falling prey to it, yeah, like just having doubt that you can't reconcile. That's right, yeah. What about you, Angie? Yeah, for me, um. It's not so much the, I don't read the Old Testament and say, gosh, I wish God would show up in these ways for me, which is really, honestly, that sounds quite terrifying. Yeah. Um, I could see that. You know, it, it's, I would say it probably gets us off the hook a good bit more to know that we're saved by grace and we don't actually have to look God in the eye when we've broken mm. our covenant. Mm. Uh, so... For me, I don't envy that that very real, real presence of God just because it sounds like that would be um, just a, a very high bar to 
to measure up to. Mm. Um, but I do envy the presence of God and the ability to ask questions. Mm. I mean, I know that I can ask questions in my prayer life, but you know, the answers are, are sometimes painted by my own lenses, right? Mm. My own, my own inability to hear well. And so when I see true heartbreaking human suffering, I, I really struggle with my certainty mm. um, because how, you know, when, when you're looking abuse in the eye, you know, child abuse, just so many awful, awful things that we see in this world. I, I don't know how to look into the eyes of someone and earnestly without any measure of doubt, say God was here for this. Mm. Yeah, I I definitely resonate with that. So I, I hear what you're saying. You would phrase it differently, but in the end, you still struggle with doubt, um, right? Correct. That's what you're saying. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I, I resonate with that as I'm, you know, waiting to go testify in court right now, waiting to get a call to go testify in court on a really awful um, scenario and situation. So I yes. definitely resonate with that. I also. Um, I know in times past, like in college, I would wrestle with if my faith was reasonable, if my faith um, made sense. And so I, I, I remember specifically, I think I've even talked about it, um, a night in my apartment once I moved down here and uh, just a real, I don't know, black night. A, a dark night of the soul of uh, being at midnight, one o'clock and feeling, I don't know, feeling like I was losing my faith in some ways. So I definitely resonate with the um, concept of doubt. And I, and I think especially because uh, we were talking about it before we hit, hit record, uh, I know Zach uh, identifies with this too. I know the answers. Like I know the the Sunday school Bible yeah. answers for yeah. for the reality of God in 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 those tough moments. Like I, I could tell you about God's sovereignty and I believe it um in those in those doubt doubting moments. Mm -hmm. But I can tell you that oftentimes when I'm going through those things, God's sovereignty isn't comforting. Mm. Yeah. The opposite of God's sovereignty is not comforting either. What I'm looking for is something kind of in between. Yeah. And, and which is, which is faith. Yeah. It's faith. It's not certain. It, and that's why when I were talking about this, I wanted to, I, I said, I draw a distinction between faith and certainty. I think they, they can coexist. There's some and, interplay. Yeah. And there's some, there's some overlapping. Mm, uh, yeah. That's what I mean. You know, um, but I don't want to, I don't want my certainty to, to turn into like, like, being unempathetic mm -hmm. or just, just being handing out this answer of God's sovereignty without really wrestling with what that looks like. Yeah. Well, I know for me, um, like I said, I, I tend to demonize doubt in my desire for something certain. Right. Whereas um, doubt is not unbelief. Right. Doubt is not belief, but it's not unbelief. Right. There's a phrase that... Um, Oz Guinness said, he, he said it like this. He says, I believe in doubt. Mm. 
And so on the one hand, that, that phrase is cool because on the one hand, it's saying doubt exists. Right. It is a thing. It is a thing. And on the other hand, it's also saying belief is maintained or sustained even while I'm doubting, right? I believe in doubt. Mm. So it's a kind of a cool wordplay with that phrase. Yeah. Um, so for me, I don't, when I experience doubt, I don't have to demonize it. I don't have to feel bad for doubting. In fact, doubting can actually lead to assurance. It can lead to greater faith. In what way? Um, well, just like what we do on this podcast, when we wrestle with things, whatever we come out with on the other end is usually better than where I was at. And that's the whole concept behind the, the story of where, you know, where this podcast came from, Jacob wrestling with God. Um, he was weakened by the end of it physically, but mm -hmm. spiritually he was nourished. Mm -hmm. um, spiritually, he was better off. He was weakened for the rest of his life physically. Yeah. But he was better off in a lot of other ways. And that's, that's what I think doubt has done for me. Uh, but it took me a while to get there to see it. And so now when I experience doubt, it doesn't have to, I don't know, it doesn't have to be... Um, Crisis so yeah, so cr yeah, crisis of faith. I, I know there is one on the other end that I'm striving for. Mm -hmm. Angela, when when you experiencing those things you were talking about that caused doubt to to well up, um, how do you, how do you wrestle with that? Um. Well, I love all of the the preacher answers, right? right. That they teach you in seminary about human suffering and and all of the you know theologians from the past that you can read that go into this content of human suffering and you can go into, you know, free will mm -hmm. and that human suffering is ultimately the result of free will. And that, you know, I had a professor that told me, you know, some people think that they want free will until they realize what exactly free will is. Right. Um, and it's, and I can, so all of that, I, I can have all of that information in my mind. Right. I can also have the perspective of seeing really horrible situations redeemed in really beautiful ways. So I can have all these measures of examples of, of reconciliation in the world, uh, redemption in the face of, of true brokenness. And, and those are kind of measures of faith, right? That, that God, even even in these horrible circumstances, look at what good came out. Um, and I think so another like that gives me some reason for faith. But there's mm -hmm. still that underlying question of, um, so why did it have to take that? Right. Uh, you know it. So where where my doubt creeps in, and it's not so much a doubt in the existence of God, but maybe in the nature of God. Mm. You know, I don't know that I ever have a doubt that that a creator exists, that there isn't that there isn't God. I don't think that ever creeps into me because right. I think I've just seen too much evidence of God in my life personally. Um, but I do, but I do wonder. Well, well, who are you? Mm if this is what I'm seeing and nothing's being done to stop it. Yeah. I, I 
definitely uh, identify with that. And and I think where I end up at that point is I look back, like you said, at, at the past faithfulness of God. And then I look forward to the things that he said um, will happen. Like what you guys talked about last week, about the words of Jesus in Revelation where he says, behold, I make all things new. So you mean you actually listen to the podcast? I did. <laughs> I did listen to it. And... Um, and so, and and then where, so I rest my head on both of those realities, that that what God has done in the past is greater than this current doubt season of doubt that I have, and because He's been faithfulness in the pa- faithful in the past, I can trust His promises to be faithful in the future, and I you know I rest in that, um, and ultimate and what I do with the really like just sticky stuff like well what does that mean for where He's at now, um, and what you were saying about. Um, God can redeem really, really messy situations. That truth, um, I don't, I, I just, I agree with that. And I don't have to know the why. Mm. Whereas before I used to just lose sleep or want to have it so pinned down as to why this happened, why something happened. Um, uh, and it would drive me crazy when I couldn't, couldn't have an answer. Uh, now it would drive, now I look back at the answers I tried to provide and I cringe, yeah. you know, at, at, mm. at, at the things that I said or, or even thought. Well, I think it, what y'all are talking about gets back to probably what you were initially suggesting with the topic yeah. in that faith can exist while having questions. Faith mm-hmm. can exist while not being certain of a lot of stuff. Yeah. And in fact, when I hold, that's a more genuine approach to faith. When I try to be, because I've done this in the past where I've tried to present my faith as if I've got it all figured out and everything's certain, there's no questions, or if there are questions, there are definite answers to, right. and I must hold to them. Yeah. But I think what we're talking about today is that faith can exist while really perplexing questions go unanswered. Yeah. Would you say, is, is that how you'd say it, Angie? Yes. Yes. <clears throat> and I think that allows us to be genuine with people mm-hmm. and it allows us to come alongside people and really be what you guys talked about last week and, and really be kingdom ambassadors and be means through which Jesus makes all things new, right? We can come alongside and suffer with people who are doubting and have had some traumatic thing happen in their life. Um, and, uh, cause we don't have to come with answers. We can nah, come we with the one come, who has, has the, the answers, answers ultimately, yeah. but may not have them right now. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. The greatest uh, gift in my pastoral toolbox is the answer I don't know. Mm. Which is counterintuitive. It is. It is because you want to offer people certainty because certainty can sometimes bring comfort. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also, I, I don't want to bring false certainty. Yes. Yeah. So I'm not the provider of certainty. Only God is. Yeah. And we'll we'll all walk together until we get to that point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Until we have until we have the answers, and that's what we want to do today. We want to believe with integrity and be honest where we have doubts. And until next time, may the Lord make us a channel for His peace. Mm-hmm.